Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi, and with me is my co-host, Armin Navabi. Armin, how are you? And uh, we're actually really, um, we've been looking forward to this episode for quite a while, and a lot has happened since it, it uh, since we initially booked it. Uh, so we're, we have a very, very special guest. Um, we're going to start with... Uh, the story of Asia Bibi, which uh, many of you have heard about in the news. So Asia Bibi was a is a Christian woman. She's a poor Christian woman who lived in Pakistan, and uh, she was accused of blasphemy. And in Pakistan, the you know the blasphemy law in Pakistan uh, requires very very uh, severe consequences for people who are accused of blasphemy. Uh, so um, she was immediately charged. She was uh, put in jail around 2010. And then uh, the governor of the largest province of Pakistan at the time, the province of Punjab, whose uh, uh, his name was Salman Tasir, uh, he stood up for her and he went and he, he stood by her and he thought that the, the ruling was uh, unjust and her imprisonment was unjust. Uh, as a consequence, he was assassinated by his bodyguard. So the governor of um, the largest province in Pakistan was assassinated by his bodyguard uh, for standing up for a poor Christian woman who was who was charged with blasphemy, um, the bodyguard who assassinated him ultimately became a hero, and still is in a, in a lot of ways. Millions of people, when he was ultimately executed, uh, millions of people came out uh, to his funeral to celebrate him. There are shrines in his honor, and then this is essentially the assassin of of the governor, Salman Tasir. Uh, recently. Asia Bibi was acquitted by the Supreme Court, and suddenly it's in the news again. Uh, the uh, Islamic fundamentalists uh, who want her blood—they essentially they want her to be hanged, executed—are coming out into the streets, and and there there has been a lot of turmoil recently in Pakistan. Uh, so talk to talk about this and more. We actually have we're we're honored to have on our uh, show today. Uh, you know, my friend, Sean Tasir. Sean, Sean is the son of Salman Tasir, uh, who's a governor who was, who was unfortunately assassinated um, for standing up for Asia Bibi. Sean, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. Ali and uh, Armin, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. And I am extremely humbled by your very kind words. Oh, the same, same here. And, and you know, like, obviously this is... You've already been through so much with this in the past, and now a lot of it is being dredged up again. It's all over the news. Um, it's it's obviously good news that Asia Bibi yeah. was acquitted. Um, what is going on? I know that you're very close to the story. You've been following it. Uh, can you give us an update about what's happening uh, with the situation right now? I know that she was actually released from prison recently. There was a rumor that she'd be thrown out of the country. Uh, the government is disputing that rumor. So, so what what is um, happening right now with the case? 
Well, as we speak right now, um, she okay. is in the country. Um, and, and she's that, in Pakistan. Yes, she's yeah. in Pakistan and she and her family are due to fly out soon, very soon. The delay is simply logistical reasons. People have to pack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they need uh, visas. They need passports. You can't get a passport made when you're in prison. Um, these processes start when you're out of prison. She came out of prison yesterday. Um, so, so she is still in Pakistan, but mm -hmm. not for long. Soon she will leave Pakistan because it's not an option for her to be in Pakistan. But uh, her lawyer has already left, right? Yes, her lawyer yes, has like, left for exactly the same reason that she has left. I mean, it's if once you make your bed um, in issues like this, you don't have a future in a country in 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 the Pakistan of of 2018. You don't have a future. You you don't have much of a life expectancy. It's very clear why her lawyer has left. Um, the judges that um, that 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 acquitted her are probably going to spend the rest of their lives in high security. And Asia, of course, has to leave immediately, as does her family. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how is she doing? Uh, do you know at all about uh, her? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, very uh, high spirits, uh, very happy. Um, mm -hmm. Incredulous, uh, initially, because you have to understand that you, know, you and I get a lot of news um, um, in the outside world. Now, for a woman in solitary confinement, knew very little. And, and her only communication was with her husband every two weeks, her husband and her daughter. And you have to understand that these people are absolutely illiterate. They are from the lowest rung of society in terms of, of, of literacy or economic position in, in society. So right. they, it, they are very limited in terms of how they comprehend the situation and are following a situation. So for them, after nine years of despondency, suddenly, the news came, oh, you're free. And it's it's very touching what her remarks were um, after that. They were along the lines of, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm free? You, you mean I can leave? What? <laughs> yeah. And, and and those were, you know, that that's, that's probably the most touching um, uh, bit I heard because that was truly a person who was incredulous. It was a person who had resigned themselves to solitary confinement and despondency for the rest of their life and suddenly there was what free <laughs> how how was your uh i mean I, I know that your your father when he went and he and he supported her and he stood by her yeah. I, I mean I, he he must have known that he was going to get a lot of opposition but did he yeah. do you think he ever thought that you know he he would lose his life for it Look, um, uh, of course. I mean, in in Pakistan, there is no doubt that once you once you come near these issues, then the uh, you know the centigrade goes up. Then you know suddenly it's not funny anymore. Yeah. Um, and and he knew and understood Pakistan very very well. Uh, in fact, I've you know I, I used to run a TV channel with him, and you know sort of memories come back when this happened. I remember it happened more than once that he called me up very angry saying, what is this that you've put on? This is going back to the cartoon riots. 
back in 2000 and what is it 2006 the Danish six the Danish cartoons cartoons, right right so we had done I'd done some heavy criticism and of it and he called me up quite quite annoyed and he said look you have to be careful and I said why and he sort of gave me this 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 huge sort of lecture about you know I understand Pakistan better than you, and you know when I sort of look back at that obviously so this was a man who who understands the country very well, but you know the big the big question that I suppose you're you're getting to is why did he do it? Mm-hmm. Um, he was okay. He he my father was a child of his time. Uh, he was a child of the sixties. He was the nineteen sixty eight generation. It was a generation that wanted to bring in a new world. As a student, he protested the Vietnam War uh, in London. Um, in in his his entry into politics was to oppose General Zia ul Haq. So his his first entry into politics was in in opposition, and not not a democratic opposition, but opposition to a strong, brutal military dictatorship. So he entered. Um, politics, going to jail. Um, He himself went to solitary confinement in the Lahore fort. Um, And, and he used to write us letters from jail and his, his, he was deeply ideological and, 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 and believed that, that a man has to take a stance for what he believes in, because that is what is most precious to what he will take. So when he was governor and saw this happen, it was very clear for him, morally, the rights and wrongs, how unjust it was. And he found it inconscionable uh, to stay quiet. And and I also want to say that his education was deeply, not his education, his entire outlook on the world was deeply humanist, deeply secular. We were brought up on the poetry of Ghalib, on the poetry of Fez. Oh. Uh, these, are, these, are, these are sort of progressive poets of from our from 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 Pakistan, who were about third world nationalism, they were about social justice. And yeah, they were actually quite uh, like Mirza Ghalib and Fez Ahmed Fez. Were a lot of their poetry is actually quite pro secular, quite fiercely almost. You know, uh, I know that a lot of Pakistani atheists really like them. Yeah, almost yeah, heretic, it's almost yes. How how popular are these in how popular are these in Pakistan? Oh, huge, huge the icon. And all the songs are popular. Yes. So secular, yes. secular thoughts are still very popular among a lot of Pakistanis. Yeah, among poetry for sure. Well, um, our part of the world has a very deeply secular uh, tradition. In fact, I think what's new is this mad, rabid fundamentalism of the type we are seeing today. Uh, there have been strains of secular thought in the subcontinent. Of course, these have coexisted with strains of fundamentalist thought as well. But the subcontinent is not new to, 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 to progressivism, to progressive ideas. In fact, even if you go well, well before Ghaleh, before, before the Urdu language was crafted, um, back to, back, back to approximately even as far back as, as the 13th and 14th century. Um, you get from a lot of Sufiist poetry a, a very a, a very secular worldview that you would recognize today as as absolutely humanist. Um, but so when does the when did the problem start? Um, is it? I mean, isn't Islam one of the only countries, if not the only countries, that its entire existence is based on uh, Islam? 
Oh, that's a that that's a huge question. And by the way, that's that's the subject of another podcast. But okay. I disagree because okay. just briefly speaking, no, because Pakistan was built uh, to protect the rights of a minority. It wasn't built for Islam. It was built for a minority which was different. Uh, from a majority and feared a majorityist domination. Which, but at, sorry, which minority and majority? Uh, minority being Muslim, majority being Hindu. Hmm. So, so there was a minority which was looking to secure its rights. That is what led to the demand for a separate, for, well, for sep- a separate constitutional solution, which is eventually became a demand for a separate country. Yeah. A, l- a lot of people actually, even Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the founder of Pakistan, he's got several quotes where he sort of says that Pakistan really was a state that was created for Muslims out of necessity rather than uh, a state based on Islam, the religion. And he himself was a sort of an Ismaili who eventually became an Ismaili. Yeah, yeah. he seemed to be. But... but but right. is, isn't the fact that the laws, I mean, right, even the, these judges right now, for example, that said, oh, there's no evidence for blasphemy and they acquitted her and now she gets to go free. Ba- basically, when they say there's no evidence, it, b- that means that if, the, if there was an evidence based on the, based on the laws of these con- the country, uh, she would be executed for blasphemy. These are the laws of a country of Pakistan. Yes. I mean, isn't that, isn't, so the laws of this country is based on Islam. Isn't, doesn't that, uh, give credibility to, to people that are saying that this is a country based on Islam, based on Islamic thought, based on Islamic law, and everything has to pass the Islamic test before it becomes acceptable? In, in uh, look, I mean, yes and no. Uh, Islamic laws were introduced into the country. These laws that you're talking about, the blasphemy laws, were introduced into the country in the 1980s. They didn't exist before that. But like I said, these strains, secular as well as fundamentalist strains, have coexisted in a in a sort of a in a in a in a, in a strange symbiotic managed hypocrisy with each other. And that's that's part of the character of the subcontinent. It 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 has never it has never had an outwardly secular um, personality and and has not had a an outwardly fundamentalist personality either but obviously certain strains have become more powerful because of external events like a war well, I mean, even that to the necessity of a dictator a, so so there yeah. have been political events but right. but 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 you know, the, the, both strains have existed. Even the name, uh, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, even that didn't come in until many years after its founding. Um, the, uh, when was it? 19 what? Yeah, 56, so about like uh, uh, 10 years later, almost 10 years later. I could the, be uh, wrong, but I think Islamic Republic came in 1973. That was our... Uh, you, you may be right. ZAB. And the yeah, yeah, right. is saying the constitution was based on Islam since 1962. Right. 1950, so, 1950. Uh, uh, just, just for reference, uh, Pakistan was founded in 1947. So yeah. what we're talking about, all of these developments and the, the Islamization, the further, I guess, Islamization of Pakistan, obviously the launching pad was that it's a state for Muslims. So in that way, uh, it probably lent itself to a more uh, receptive uh, environment for these Islamic uh, sort of introductions. But 
at, at, the, yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So, so given that it was, I agree state, with you. Yeah. Given that it was a state for Muslims, and then eventually, because it was a state for Muslims, it turned into an Islamic state. Do you think that it was doomed to fail from the beginning? That the that the Islamic forces were eventually like it seemed like the Islamic forces <coughs> are, are going to defeating any any kind of demand for secularism that might exist in Pakistan. Isn't that the case? Well, I, I don't think it was it was inevitable, but it's been a global phenomena since 1979. It's been there have been geopolitical forces which have which have which have preferred or preferenced uh, Islamic um, regimes all over the Muslim world. I mean, starting with starting with Iran, um, um, all over the GCC, Pakistan. Uh, there were there there were a lot of geopolitical necessities, the the demands of a of a of a, of superpowers fighting across the border. Those superpowers obviously would prefer a strong man in power as opposed to a messy democracy, which democracies always are, and 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 for a strong man to justify his 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 rule, the, the easiest resort is Islam. Uh, the thing is that. That, that religion always comes to the aid of dictators and autocrats. It's, it's an inherent design flaw in religion that it is, it is up for abuse for authority. Mm. It, is, it is something that lends itself to cementing authority. Mm. Right. So, it may so, not even be a flaw. It actually may be by design. The, the actual <laughs> intention of it. Uh, yeah, it could be a design way. feature, actually. It, For the it, Abrahamics, uh, actually, it, you know, I think that that was the purpose. The, the purpose was very overtly political, if you look at it. But, but anyway, continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so basically, political events have been largely responsible for this. Now, could it have gone the other way? Of course, it could. I mean, many things could have have gone separately. India and Pakistan could have not had such a such a strained relationship from 1947, which has also been largely the cause of a lot of extremism on both sides, which is which is defining each other in opposition to the other. So, so therefore, both. Both countries appealing to their essentially the ugliest side, <laughs> but but the difference yeah. seems to be in um, especially in Pakistan and, and in Bangladesh compared to other Islamic countries. Uh, it seems the other Islamic uh, countries. It seems like the main source of um, you know forcing Islam on the rest of the population. The source of that is mostly the government. If you look at Iran or if you look at Saudi Arabia. But when you when you look at Pakistan and Bangladesh, it seems like it's the it, there's such a popular demand b from the people when it comes to forcing Islam yeah. on the rest of the, yeah. on the rest of the population that even the government's hands are being forced, but based on the population's the demand for yeah. forcing Islam. So that seems to be the difference. Yeah, but 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 even that is is the outcome. Of of forty years of a very deliberate domestic policy to create that. Right. Now, Pakistan currently has about thirty thousand madrasas. Now, now, what are these madrasas? These are basically indoctrination and recruitment factories mm. for 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 well, indoctrinating youth who are going to be willing to become Soviet gunship fodder. Now, now, why does a young man sort of sign up to become Soviet gunship fodder? Um, Religion again comes to the aid 
<laughs> of 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 such things so so basically pakistan has has developed a with of course american and saudi money has 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 developed a very large network of madrasas now what's a madrasa madrasa is an institution that brainwashes uh, a person and makes him um useful only for jihad nothing else right. or for being a pray- prayer leader it teaches him nothing else just right. teaches him the quran and that's it and just now, a note got- for the audience that even the, the word uh, taliban which means <clears throat> students is a plural for talib which means you know student and that that's it came from the madrasas the madrasas were where all these students were and that's how the taliban and this is this is all Iran's fault isn't it like this whole Saudi Arabia's funding of madrasas in Pakistan was a response of the Saudi government to Iran's spread of uh, its own version of Shia Islam around the Middle East that's why so, this was after 1979's Iran revolution when Saudi Arabia started investing in madrasas in Pakistan uh, and I remember the numbers of madrasa before the Iran Revolution and after the Iran Revolution in Pakistan astronomically skyrocketed. Yes. Yeah. It, it was actually it was interesting because at that time, this is where the U.S. and Saudi Arabia aligned because the U.S. Yeah. wanted to fight a war against the godless atheistic Soviets and the Mujahideen, which is, you know, the people who waged jihad, were heroes to, to the Reagan administration yeah. at the time. And the Saudis, meanwhile, wanted to do their whole, you know, Shia versus Sunni after the revolution with Iran as Armin saying they wanted to do that. Um, and both of them pretty much uh, aligned uh, in, in their purpose that way. So it was. By we got a super chat from Abdullah Samir in the live chat. Thank you so much, Abdullah. Thank you, Abdullah. Abdullah's a previous guest. Obviously, he was brilliant in that last show. So make sure you check it out. But but Sean, so go on with what you were saying. Um, yeah, and then how? Uh, did, let's how did, get back to. I, yeah, let's get back to that. And how did that get to the blast? Because we want to get to the blast from Yeah, yeah. So basically, then you had this evil dictator in the 1980s, and and his only sort of you know dictatorship. How do you justify dictatorship? Classic again. Religion comes to the aid of this. That uh, you know, I'm doing God's work. I'm doing mm-hmm. God's work. I'm bringing Islam to these people. It's a religious duty. Uh, next to us is Afghanistan. It's a religious duty. So what do you need? You need uh, Islamic law. Basically, he came in with an agenda to Islamize the country, mm-hmm. and 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 this 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 horrible law, the blasphemy law, is 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 part of the legacy uh, of that. But I just want to, as a side note, say something very interesting um, that that I saw from checking out the pupils. Um, the the famous Pew poll of 2013 that that where basically they took a uh, uh, the view of Muslims all over the Muslim world. It's something that you know your friend Sam Harris quotes a lot. Um, there's a lot we can get out of there, but something really interesting came out of the Pew poll, which is that interestingly, people who are most inclined to wanting Sharia law, i.e., people who are most um, yeah, basically most sort of favoring of 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 of, a, of an islamic state were countries that have been subject to um an islamic rule such as pakistan afghanistan um uh, uh, egypt uh, to some extent um um iraq um what? point being that you would think that if you have a um, 
if 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 you have an unhappy alliance or if you have an unhappy islamic regime in your country for many many decades you will want to change mm. that's what that's what an optimistic view of of mankind would tell you sadly it seems to be the opposite that if you have been in a very islamic regime for a long time saudi arabia being another example you will then crave more islamic mm. law so it's i don't know it's a, it's a it's a stockholm syndrome or it just shows that brainwashing works eventually it doesn't I, work i think it's a i don't want to moralizing thing but i don't i don't want to somebody in life has said persians want to make everything about persians but i have to do it again <laughs> um the, i don't um but it didn't that that's not this case when in in iran like the demand for um, an islamic government has significantly dropped since the islamic revolution uh, to the point that uh, obviously uh, not not all there's there's still a lot of people there that are uh, want an islamic government but the the hatred towards not just an islamic government but also to islam as a as a whole has increased significantly in iran Uh, so much so that even some of the i think all right people in the united states would be shocked ab- about the level of hatred that some young people have for islam uh, in iran so, so in iran at least an islamic government has reduced the demand for an islamic government uh, significantly in the past are there years. are there are there polls to suggest that or are you saying that based on or <laughs> Your your observance of right. perhaps no no I mean, you observe things certain things more than others well, is I mean, there data to suggest that uh, no so this is a this is a hypothesis not a not a theory but almost every almost it would be so shocking if this is not true because everyone's observation people's experience before the revolution I mean even before the revolution the amount of jokes and the amount of hatreds and the amount of ridicule of Islam. that is so common in Iran today was yeah. unheard of before the revolution it's so common these days in Iran so obviously there's no uh, this is why it hasn't graduated but is it yet. common in mainstream Iran or is it common in a in a small section of like Iran etc i i think uh, so th- you know from what i know is that generally a lot of the poly- like for example the Iran deal that the US and the you know the those european countries came up with it was uh, was premised on this idea that these countries had that iran is a place that if you buy time eventually you know the youth is going to rise there are cracks in the clerical establishment it's going to come down and it will be something the iranian populace is the most pro western muslim populace that there is i don't want to iran i just want to question that uh, just want to question whether yeah. it's always the case but yeah um, but let, let's go back to pakistan <laughs> sorry Yeah, let's go back. Yeah, let's, let's let's do that. We're going. This is a lot of fun. Where all the by fun the way. is, huh? <laughs> yeah, this is the fun. Yeah, so we're gonna be going on tangents. Is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes. So let's um, let's go back to this. So, so we have. Uh, you were talking about the development of Pakistan. I think you were talking about your your father and how he grew up in the sixties, and and that's actually a really good point because my father grew up around the same time. Marxism was a very big thing. you know people were exploring communism and they were exploring western there, there were a lot of these discussions no, it's, about it's it also the, it's a generation that that empowered uh, you know sexual choice uh, gender equality yeah. um you know did away with racism finally finally sort of did away with racism mm-hmm. from the mainstream this this is a generation that actually believed in social justice so 
So what what was the reason? I I know that there's some you know it's interesting. So Fikar Ali Bhutto came out very famously as a socialist. A lot of the uh, you know the the issues uh, that came out you know the banning of alcohol, the 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 sort of official demonization of Ahmadis. Yeah. Um, a lot of that happened during his time. So even for somebody like that who was known to be very very secular. There was some sort of temptation or, or some some sort of idea, um, uh, some, well, some sort of lore in allying with yeah. Islamic fundamentalists and appeasing them to some extent. I, I feel that a lot of the current thing that we're seeing there in Pakistan was was sort of a downward spiral that started with that, a little bit of appeasement there. But I, I don't know, what, what do you think about how it all started, the, the fundamentalism? Uh, no, I, I, I think, I think, Bhutto dabbled with it, sure, mm-hmm. but it's Zia that opened the floodgates. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I'm just thinking about some of the laws and uh, uh, why would he dabble? Why did he dabble with it when you have somebody who was so sort of secular, right? In in a sense, and he was a socialist, and uh, you know, he he was very pro democratic and and all of that. Uh, why did he feel the need yeah, to dabble with political opportun- opportunism? Yeah, that, so that, that means that, that, that is what people closest to him say. Political yeah. opportunism. I mean, he 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 didn't even need to. He was he was very powerful at the time. Yeah, um, nineteen seventy four. He was almost at the at the at the height of his popularity then, and 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 power. Mm. The bad times hadn't started uh, for him. The um, the opposition to him hadn't really mobilized at that time. Yeah, but yet yet he did it. Um, I think that. Then also the other theory is that he was trying to signal the Muslim world. Um, uh, who was it? King Faisal in, in, in Saudi, Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Islamic summit was going on. So there was some benefits to be had there. So, so he sort of threw this to the, you know, to the Saudis that here you are, I give you the Ahmadi head on a platter. Give me some money. Yeah, and uh, so so the blasphemy. So Zia comes in, he opens the floodgates. Suddenly, you have this, you know, this um, uh, this wave of Islamization that is yeah. also, uh, you know, just accelerated by Saudi money and by American money. Yeah. Um, and now you have you know these issues with blasphemy. How did uh, how how did it become so popular? Blasphemy, the blasphemy law. Why? Why does it have so much support in in like oh. the Mumtaz Qadri? I I'll tell you yeah, what yeah, we have yeah. people who I have cousins who live here who moved here about like fifteen years ago, and when they saw the crowds at Mumtaz Qadri, it was the, for the audience. Mumtaz Qadri is the name of the the assassin of, of Salman Tasir. When they see the crowds at his funeral, they said. That you know these guys, they're like, I don't recognize this country anymore. And and these are Muslim, moderate Muslim people. They just said that I don't recognize these millions of people. How how is this happening? Why are they celebrating this guy? What, what do you think? What's your assessment? Did we did we mention that there's a shrine for uh, for the person that killed killed him in Pakistan? Yeah, we, uh, yeah, 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 yeah,
No, more than that, he's he's acquired not just saint-like status, but he's he's almost become like this messiah that's coming back. I mean, like these these folklore legends about uh, you know people claim to have seen him arisen from his grave. So so like it's it's this 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 new cult around him is forming, mm-hmm. um, almost fetishizing him and fetishizing the prophet. Um, yeah. So so he's become. He's he's become hugely popular. But to go back to your question, uh, Ali, sort of why? I mean, mm-hmm. see, any law that that sort of tells you that religion is under attack. So basically, it's a two nine five C, which is the eight hundred pound gorilla in in you know this in in this cage in religious laws. Zia instituted many religious laws, but the big eight hundred pound gorilla, the sort of forty four magnum. You know the, yeah. the the big guy on the block is two nine five C. Now, basically, what does two nine five C do? Uh, it essentially tells you that your religion is under attack. Look out! If anyone does this, 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 he should be murdered. So it's basically putting a suggestion in someone's mind uh, to start to start looking for uh, attacks on religion. And and it's a law which is designed to inflame passions. That's that's a design feature in it. It's, how so? it's designed for that. How so? Okay, so okay. Interestingly, most very few people actually know the law. So let's let's talk about the law. Let's 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 sort of discuss what it's about. It goes something like this. Uh, so it says basically that um, a derogatory remark against the prophet. Whether written or spoken, direct or indirect, intended or unintended. Oh, unintended! Holy fuck! Uh, whether through a representation, an imputation. I didn't even know what a bloody imputation is. A representation, an imputation, an innuendo, or an insinuation is punishable by death. Jesus. So yeah, Jesus. Yeah. In fact, not Jesus. <laughs> so basically, oh. on the one hand, you've got this hugely sort of broad caveats upon caveats upon caveats. So it's like throwing a wide net out to trap someone. Uh, it can be interpreted in any way. Like for example, what is an indirect imputation? Good luck with the courts trying to interpret it, but it will get you killed. It will, you know, is punishable by death. Why unintended? That's the worst part. Unintended. Actually, it doesn't say unintended. The word doesn't say the words unintended. But if you add in all the other caveats, it, it yeah, essentially a- means that if it's said, the, it's 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 called absolute liability, which is that if it is said, the crime has happened. It's got nothing to do with your intention. <sighs> So it doesn't say the word unintended, but it says all the other. It says imputation, innuendo, insinuation. I mean, really, it was like they're sitting down with a thesaurus. Will get you killed. Will, will is is punishable by death. So 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 on the one hand, you've got you've got a very very vague and very broad definition of blasphemy. And by the way, the 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 law doesn't go on to sort of explain what a derogatory remark is, what an imputation is, what an innuendo could be. So it's, it's sort of left for you to interpret. So it's very very broad. 
So, so that violates every legal principle because the thing about a law is that you have to know, everyone has to understand what crime they've committed. Here, the crime is not defined. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so broad that it can fit any situation. It's completely subjective, completely open to interpretation. So, A, it's vague. And at the same time, the punishment is absolute, death. So, basically, this, so what, it, what is it? It's an instrument of terror. And, and, and what has happened with this that, you know, if you, if, you, if you leave the definition so vague, is that over time, courts or, or, or people at large, their interpretation becomes broader and broader and broader and broader. So, for example, now, liking the wrong thing on Facebook has become blasphemy. No. Discussing evolution has become blasphemy oh, people because it's imp- imputation I mean, I mean it can be anything you can i think uh you, yeah you can just fill it in with Wait, anything you want What's an in, an indirect imputation Wait, i mean discuss- come on it's got to be that okay so discussing evolution like what if i want to discuss it to say that it's wrong like i don't understand like just no no it's okay you if you discuss it and say it's wrong you're okay but <laughs> if you, yeah you have to say what you're <laughs> so a razi a razi well only one side okay well one of our our uh friends and one of uh, you know our on the in the live chat raza khan uh is saying uh he's he, he works in genomics he's saying imputation means you just fill in by implication it's a big thing in genomics so i i assume that it probably means not that they have a lot of knowledge of genomics but so, still so okay, yeah. so you were the giving, word is there. Imputation is the word there. Yeah, you were yeah. you were giving some examples. So uh, oh, yeah, 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 like, ridiculous examples. There was this person whose name was Muhammad, right? Now his name was Muhammad. Now oh, it, I heard was, about this. He wrote his name on a visiting card, went to meet someone looking for business or sort of looking for a job or whatever, and and the person who saw his card um, didn't entertain him and told him to essentially bugger off, and 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 threw his card in the bin. Blasphemy! What? Why? The card had Muhammad written on it. <laughs> oh no! No! It's an indirect imputation. What happened to him? Uh, blasphemy! I don't know exactly what happened in that case, but the blasphemy accusation arrived. I don't know if he made it to if he if he got out of it or not. But it was a blasphemy accusation. Insult my I friend that his name is Muhammad. Can I tell like? That asshole Muhammad, if and is oh, no, 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 you can't say that. I you can't even if it's not direct imputation. Even if it's not, even if it's not referring to the prophet. Even if it's an ex-Muslim like Muhammad Sayyid. Oh, like no, there's no. A- no, no. See, it's this is this is what uh, what's that word? This is what absolute liability means. Okay, that okay. it doesn't matter what you intended. Here's a solution to all Pakistan's and- problems. Okay. Ex-Muslims and everybody, just name everybody, even your daughters, name them Muhammad. They can't kill them. They can't kill them anymore. They can't do anything to them because it's blasphemy if they kill your son. Just name everybody Muhammad. <laughs> but, but the only thing is, that the only issue with that, Armin, is that the vagueness of this isn't in just the offense, but it, it is in how the offense is perceived. So it yeah. really comes down to, you know, the way that they will perceive it, they, they will decide if there's something they don't like. Like, honestly, if the, if the same argument that your Asiya Bibi argument was over a cup of water, right? Where she was drinking water and a bunch of yeah. Muslim women didn't want her to drink. And this is a common thing. They don't want Christians to drink from the same cup as them. I saw it's this a, in It's a cultural thing. I mean, it, it happens in India also. You don't want yeah, it happens everywhere. 
You have untouchables. They, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they don't want to drink the cup. But in India, they don't execute them after uh, because something offensive. Oh no 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 no! no. They're pretty bad there. Yeah, but not to this. But uh, I mean, come on. Yeah, Pakistan. I mean, well, India in this, is bad, but Pakistan. India is, is the world's leading capital of mob lynching. By the way, beats yeah, Pakistan yeah. hands down. But but the thing with uh, in either way, Chan. I mean, the the re- in this case, this was obviously a very very severe situation, which is why. Um, it's it's such an international headline, right? So 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 she did this, um, and they. If it was another Muslim woman, maybe fighting with other the same Muslim women, they, you you may never have heard of this situation. But but a lot of the reason that it happened was because they thought they perceived this to be blasphemy because of who this person was. She was a Christian. Oh, yeah. She said certain things. So it's it's not just a matter of uh, that. The offense itself is vague. There may be loads of people committing this offense of blasphemy according to the wording of the law across Pakistan. But at the moment it is somebody that you don't like, you know, it, it basically gives you an excuse to target somebody. It, it's, 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 well, a it's, a, it's, a box, naked, right? it's a Democles sword. It's well, not, what you it's said, not the, applied evenly. It's, 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 it's a Democles sword that can fall on anyone's head. So yeah. it's, so it's so it's not like I mean you can't ask why would you accuse this person of this crime and not someone else right. because it's 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 absolutely see a law like this cannot by definition be applied consistently it just depends on who was unlucky enough to be accused because the other thing is that 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 the accusation is where the fun begins mm. I mean it doesn't matter after that sort of what the facts were. The accusation has been made is when the moral panic begins. Right. So wouldn't right, be this, right. wouldn't the solution to be just to go and accuse uh, all the imams and all the people like all these um, head leaders of uh, the the people that want blood for blasphemy? Just go like spread accusations against them for blasphemy. Just like accuse everybody until it doesn't mean anything. I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> one wouldn't take uh, one seriously if you, you know. Uh, yeah, you have to type of. If, if everybody yeah. joke accuses everybody of blasphemy, like as a response, like uh, then it might, it might lose its uh, power. You know how. Racism? You know, I, I, I hope we, we come to that place where you know we can own it you know like like if there's a slur that an unfair slur that someone has against you which is more demeaning to them than you then you can own it and and it'll be more humiliating to them to the person who gave that slur i hope we come to that point in fact in fact i'm going to make a note of that um, yeah. So he, here's a. Uh, but, by the way, before I ask this question, somebody correct. Somebody mentioned in live chat. I mentioned. I have to mention this. If you ask me if there's a poll for Iran, there was a government poll. Government poll that showed that 50 percent of women in Iran don't want mandatory hijab. 50 percent. That's huge. Oh, that's no. That's no big deal. No, no, no. If you if you look at um, if you look at the Pew poll, they've also got that. That should should hijab be forced on women or should it be their choice? And it's, um, there's, there's well over 50% people I know, but who say that it should be a woman's choice. I, I know that. So they're not thinking clearly when they answer those questions. I understand that. But uh, a lot of people's perception of uh, Iran is that most people support government. You know, most people, at least we have some hard data that shows that most people don't 
uh, support the government's mandatory hedging. Yeah. I'm not saying it's yeah, a big yeah, deal or yeah. not. I'm just saying there's some data to back it up. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, go, yeah. going to going to uh, the question regarding blasphemy. A lot of people, a lot of Muslims say that are against the blasphemy laws in Pakistan. Um, they they say this has this is not Islam. This has nothing to do with Islam. Uh, this is un-Islamic. This is uh, people change Islam to benefit their own political agenda. Um, you know, to to each their own religion. What right. would you say to that, Ali? What do you say to that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I want to hear your opinion on that. Well, I, I think it's pretty clear. I, I think that uh, overall blasphemy, blasphemy has not just been, in, uh, uh, it's not just in the, it's, it's a part of Islam. I mean, it is absolutely undeniably a part of Islam. I mean, it's a, if, you, if you look at it, uh, whether you look at it from um, even sort of even a liberal and, and generous interpretations of the Quran, or if you look at the hadith, it's it's part of it. It's it's actually part of all the Abrahamic religions. So in Leviticus twenty four sixteen, you go in and says the whoever blasphemes should be put to death. It actually says it even much more clearly than it does in yeah. in Islamic scripture. So yes, I I think it it, it is Islamic. I think a lot of uh, there are a lot of terrible things that have um uh, that have roots in in Islamic scripture and Islamic doctrine. Um, but, uh, can I answer? But, can I say what I what I say is that there yeah. uh, there is actual hadith, authentic <laughs> uh, Sahih hadith supporting blasphemy laws. Uh, there's some some of the most famous ones is when Muhammad came back to Mecca, and a lot of people say that they, that conquest was completely without spilling a single person's blood. But that, that's not true according to the hadith. Muhammad had a list of poets that made fun of him. Uh, and those were supposed to be killed, and they got yeah. they were killed because they made fun of Muhammad. So that is according to hadith. There are some there are some story uh, there are some hadith that Muhammad asked people that who's gonna like defend me? This person is like uh, speaking against me. Who's gonna kill him for me? So there's a lot of hadith supporting uh, killing people that have insulted the Prophet. So it is based on. Um, Sahih had yeah, but then how do you how do you how do you match that up with that famous story of the woman who sort of threw her um, garbage, the garbage uh, her from the rooftop? Daily, daily compost. That's, uh, not, that, that's actually had that's based on hadith that is actually not Sahih. In fact, not only it's not Sahih, it's um, it's based on Islamic scholars. It's proven to be fabricated. Oh come on! Yeah. No, 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 but uh, Armin, no, that. don't say no, that. No, this is in a lot of the Syria of uh, Muhammad. I've that, heard that, about that. so much. It's generally accepted. No, it's no, it is. It is accepted among people, but it's not yeah. Sahih Hadith. So it's not. No, 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 it may not, not be Sahih Hadith, but it's it's also it it is part of the Syria of of Muhammad, right? No, the, no, the, but the, the thing Syrah, is, okay, but the Syria is not considered part of canon. The only yeah. part of canon, Islamic canon. Is the Quran and Sahih Hadith, and the garbage part is not Sahih Hadith. This Muhammad mm -hmm. telling people. To why? Why? Why does Sahih have the have the sort of franchise out on you know? Is is he like the higher authority more than everyone else? What's a Sahih uh, Hadith? Sahih Sorry, ignorance. Uh, okay, Sahih. So 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 Shias and Sunnis have different sources of Hadith, but they all have yeah. a method of saying figuring out which Hadith are authentic and not Sahih. So Sahih just basically means authentic according to Islam, right? So Sahih. Uh, no, no, Sahih was a guy. No, no, no. Sahih Bukhari. No, 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 no
Like they're, they're so it's Sahih considered authentic. It's a the title. It's the Bukhari is the person. You have Sahih Muslim and Sahih Bukhari. Bukhari and Muslim. I never knew that. I yeah. never knew that. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, this is like yeah. I, have, I have Hadith Bukhari here, right? With me, I, I go through the Hadith. <laughs> like a good little atheist boy. But, but I want to go. I want to go back reading. to. No, but, but Sean, another thing I want to say is that blasphemy. It would be. It would actually be surprising if blasphemy yeah. was not a part of uh, the political religions like Abrahamic religions. If you look no, at but, any but, kind but of. Let me let's give give the devil its due. Okay, it's not in the Quran. It fine. So you have to delve into the hadith, right? And 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 like Armin just said, he's given examples, poets, whatever that you know. I'm not an expert there, but I do know that it's murky enough to be able to construct a counter argument because You're you right know about that. the woman, right? Who? So, no, no, so, when so, it comes to the Quran, I'm, I'm, Armin, when it comes I'm to the Quran, sixty thousand foot view, and I know that there's a story here. There's a story there, and it's only the hadith, right? Now, now the hadith is like the secondary authority, but but uh, the big thing. The Quran that the Quran does not say that. So so well, well, so you know there, there's an argument to be made. There. No, no, Ar Armin, he's right. Like the, no. in the Quran itself, <laughs> compared to say you know like where the Old Testament where it says very clearly in Leviticus that he, the blasphemer should be put to death. In the Quran, there's certainly parts where you can look at it and say, okay, I better not blaspheme, but the, it doesn't overtly have a blasphemy. Declaration. Well, like I mean, it does. it does say that yeah. fight them, fight them, you know, until all religions are for Islam and stuff like that. But yeah, no, that's the, open to like. Yeah, but fight the thing them is that, yeah, it, yeah. It, but the thing is that you're saying the Quran is the main source. The thing is that w the Quran doesn't have that many commandments when it comes to uh, uh, Islam and how to live and what to do. Ninety per ninety five percent of the source of everything in Islam is hadith. Without the hadith, everything okay. everything you as Muslims know about what to do, how to pray, when to fast, about Hajj, all of that will go away. So we can't. You can't. People Muslims will say you can't just throw out the hadith like that. Without the hadith, four of the five pillars of Islam will go away. Without the hadith. Uh. He's, so, okay. Sean, there's, here's an example of some of things. Yeah. Here are some examples of some things that are actually not in the Quran, that are in the Hadith, that are universally accepted. Circumcision is one of them. Uh, the stoning to death for adultery is something that's over accepted. That's not right. mentioned in the Quran. Uh, the you know the thing against sodomy and, and anal sex, for instance. Hajj. Even Hajj, if you like other so, so there are many. Or the five Hajj times a day praying. Quran? Are you are you serious? I, I never knew that Hajj is not in yeah, the Quran. No, nobody would know what to do with uh, any there, of these things. Yeah. There is no. Uh, there is no uh, five praying five times a day is not in the Quran. That's not. That's not there. It's only two times. So so the thing is. That, uh, to okay. What, okay. So yeah. That, so we, the hadith does. Uh, so what we're saying is that I I know I know where you're coming from. There are a lot of moderate Muslims who think that okay, hadith is secondary. It's not infallible like the Quran. So we can disregard it based on that's a better way for us to have a dialogue because when we talk about hadith, we can at least criticize it, unlike the Quran. But yeah. yeah. But what happens is that. Um, uh, they don't. A lot of times, they don't realize that for the people who we are actually concerned about, yeah, uh, that tactic is not as effective. And, and this is a way. This is something I used to do too. I, I went through a phase where I was a Quran-only Muslim in a way. Um, and you know, I, I, there there are five or six places in the Quran that it says that 
you know, that there's, this is a book fully detailed. This is a book that's complete. You don't need anything else besides this book. So I used to use those as a way to disregard all of the hadith. Uh, but um, unfortunately, it would be wonderful if everybody else thought that way, but they don't. So, or you can uh, just tell them to just don't believe in uh, fairy tales and just look right. for what you believe in. That's an easier argument. But that's that's. that's go ahead. No, but, <laughs> that's but, but I just want to I I just want to sort of like up the bar over here, right. uh, which is that you're saying that you're you're questioning whether the bla you know blasphemy is sanctioned uh, in Islam or not. Mm. I, I I just want to sort of up the bar here and say, okay, I give it to you. Let's say it is. Let's say the first opening line of the Quran is 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 a verbatim, exact Arabic translation of the law, as we said. You know, imputation and innuation and innuendo and you know the the, the, the sort of Arabic words for all of that. Yeah. And so so let's say there was no doubt that and and the Quran opened with this and opened with this and said, you know, hey guys. This is, you know, where it begins. This is yeah. like commandment number one. You will, you will sort of like extinguish anyone who thinks a bad word against the prophet. And so, so let's say that was indisputable. Okay. I say, even then, even then, you give me divine, divine command theory. If it is clear that, that it's a commandment which lacks compassion, lacks reason, is unfair, is illogical, is is counter to the world we live in, is counter to the basic tenets of a of of, of a nation state. Are you telling me that that I can't question it? And and more than that, if after everything that mankind has been through, after the enlightenment, and everything that we know about the moral universe after Victor Hugo and after Rousseau. Are you telling me that we should live under a law that we can't question, and we should willfully live under a law that we can't question? Well, I'll be the Muslim because, because be it's a because it's divine command theory. I I find that abominable. I find that 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 suggestion. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna I don't be, think I'm we be, could agree with you more. I mean, no, I'm we, gonna, I'm gonna you're on the right I'm podcast. I'm going to be the fundamentalist Muslim here, and I'm going to say. To you that how arrogant can you be to think that you know better than God? Yes, of course we can question God because He's God. He knows He created the whole universe. What, whatever, whatever you think it's unreasonable, you're looking at it from your human perspective. Obviously, yes. God knows better what's best for us than you could ever this understand. This is God's word. It's inerrant. It's infallible. How yeah, could you challenge it? Yeah, and if you you guys are thinking that like, this is stupid, this is makes no sense, but you're looking at it from your human logic perspective, which is a very flawed way of looking at the universe. Obviously, God's know better. That's why we have to listen to it. Even if it, if, even if it seems unreasonable, we have to listen to God's commandment because God knows best. That's their, their argument. I mean, I that's divine command theory, basically. Yes, that yeah. is. But divine command theory but, is what the religion is, Sean. So here, here's the thing. Yeah, it, it is. It, it. Yeah. I, I, I give it to you. In fact, div divine command theory, because I've, I've worked out three counter arguments to, to the blasphemy law. We'll, we'll come to that. Number one is divine, divine command theory, right? Which is God said it, and frankly, it's, it's the most honest 
because that's your your opponent being absolutely honest. He's not he's not pretending to sort of put a university hat on, and it's only when they pretend to sort of be be flying under the false flag of reason. Oh, God, yeah. not when they, when, that's right, when that, you have a problem with them. Here, I respect them. Okay, so you've got divine command theory. I get where you're coming from, and 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 I can have a discussion with you. But but my point is that 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 is really this the best argument for for something which is religiously advanced but morally depraved well it's, mm-hmm. it's not an argument because an argument is based on logic this is basically saying we can't apply logic because our logic is useless when it comes to god's life faith yeah yeah because this is about our faith right so they can't I, here, here's the thing just general just generally Whenever you have Middle Eastern dictatorships, for instance, none of those are you allowed to criticize the government. You can't because when when you have somebody who's yeah. uh, not not enlisting the participation of the people that they're ruling over, right, and it's not a democratic system, then you have to silence them and you have to make sure that you quash any kind of dissent. Now, the Abrahamic religions, all of them are inherently political, so all of them have blasphemy laws. I mean, Ireland just got rid of its its blasphemy law recently. You you cannot have a religion like this propagate itself, a religion that's based on faith and hearsay that is not religion by definition is not rooted in logic and is not rooted in reason it's rooted in the idea of faith believing what someone said before without yeah. evidence oh will you take the leap of faith i'm not giving you any evidence i can't show you this you can't see it you can't hear it but will you believe like that that is the essence of religion but now that kind of thing cannot survive without some kind of blasphemy law if you, if you have something that is sacred i mean what you know we talk about reform innovation now, reform and innovation are great things for us. I mean, they have wonderful connotations as words, but what are the, but being a heretic or an apostate, those are synonyms for these words, right? But any, any kind of reform or innovation, by definition, is, is just heresy uh, when you're in the realm of religion. So that's why I, I don't think you can, I, I would like to mix the two worlds. Course, that's what we do. That's what Armin and I and you and all of us try to do. But for somebody who is uh, actually doing this stuff and takes this stuff seriously and and really finds blasphemy uh, offensive, these are the uh, you can't have an argument about divine command theory because the topic is divine command. Theory, well, no, because right? but that's why that's why I think this whole idea of reforming Islam doesn't make any sense because if there if you assume God, the argument that I made is correct. Yeah. Right? That's why I'm saying you have to go after the whole concept of God, faith and religion all together yeah. instead of trying You to hit a conversational barrier. Yeah, yeah, I mean instead of trying to m- improve Islam. I mean improve, what if there is a God, what the argument that I said is the best argument? For their for what they're saying, and there, I mean, they have a point. If there is a God, the point. No, is, no. Like, like I said, the point is the, that the there divine isn't. command theory is the most difficult one yeah. to get through because there really is a firewall right. of of faith. Right. So you and, go yeah, after yeah. faith rather than trying to play. That's exactly. I love I love the way That's, you have with words firewall of faith. That is. <laughs> that I've always said it. I wrote about it in my book as a conversational barrier when you're trying to fight in, or like you know, courts of law and in Islamic countries. Often you hit this this conversational barrier beyond which you can't go. 
uh, because now you're hitting the infallible word. Some people in the firewall of faith. Yeah. Actually, when you say that, like when you're going after faith and religion, some people in the live chat ask, "Is it safe for you to say these things?" For me? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've made my bed. I mean, I mean, safe is like a dot on the horizon about, you know, on the horizon, essentially, it's a dot. I'm a vajibul katal. It's a bit late to worry about safe. What does so, that mean? Uh, vajibul katal means that, that I should be murdered. Um, that, that, that basically there's a, there's a, there's a ticket on your forehead saying that if you're murdered, then yeah, then, then you'll, you'll sort of get your, you know, your, your ticket to heaven. And it's a, it's a a duty to be murdered. Essentially, literally it means, no, no, literally it means liable to, for, to be murdered, but, but essentially it is that this person must be murdered by a believer. There are millions of people in it, in where you live that think that if they kill you, they will get a ticket to heaven. Yeah, quite a few million. Okay, yeah. and you're not afraid. Um, are you afraid? no? I didn't say I didn't say I'm not afraid. Well, okay, um, that makes sense but, to be afraid. But 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 but, but, but you know, one one has to live with it. But honestly, I mean, I, I just want to ask you, Armin, that of all the of all the sort of negative aspects of of religion have you heard a more disgusting word in a post enlightenment word world than vajibul katal how dare someone say that another human being mm. is worthy of being killed vajibul what a disgusting oh, what a wow. disgusting concept wow. i mean what a what a depraved horrible disgusting concept right. So budget or mandatory, mandatory. means to kill. So mandatory yeah. to kill. Jesus. So yeah. as an example, Salman Rushdie, uh, yeah. the guy who wrote the Satanic Verses, he was declared mandatory to kill by Imam Khomeini, who, Ayatollah Khomeini, who, and then that's why everybody was after him. I, I yeah. always call myself Wajibul Cuddle. I'm like, it's just uh, mandatory to cuddle me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, you're, you're definitely. I mean, you're a self-declared atheist. I mean, you. Yeah. I mean, you're. Yeah, but you're, you're, but you're living next to them. But we're we're in Canada. You're living next to the people that want to kill you. That's like I'm. I'm scared for you. You should leave. Can you please leave? Oh, he's he's not there. He's not in Pakistan. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So, so listen. Okay, so let's move on to something Wait, uh, I, else. Did I say something right now. I shouldn't have said? Sorry. No, 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 no. You didn't say anything. You, okay, it's okay. just not, not. But uh, Sean, the um, let me move on to. So you did these interviews on CNN and BBC. I saw and yeah. and, a, and a bunch of other outlets. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, I I told you this before the show, and I've told you this before. You should do that more. I think you're extremely well spoken, and especially when it comes to this topic. So you know it would be, um, and and obviously you have an audience, right? So I, I think that you should speak out more and do probably more public speaking as well. But so so what you were telling us before, like before we uh, got on the air, is that um, th- there was a f- an element of frustration. You know, when you went to these things, that you felt like everybody was pussyfooting around it. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, so the I whole mean, idea of the basket. So, can you, oh. yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? Okay, well, okay, just just going back a little bit as to uh, you know what is the blasphemy law? 
um, like I said, it's I, I, I explained to you that that when something is so vaguely defined, then then when it's interpreted, the interpretation over the years becomes vaguer and vaguer and vaguer. Uh, sorry, broader and broader and broader. So um, the the sort of current um, interpretation of blasphemy is that's 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 got the most currency is that any criticism of the blasphemy law is blasphemy that is what they accused my father of that is what they have accused me of that's why i'm a vajibul katal so basically that 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 creates a interlocking chain of fear silence and censorship uh, in society so um Strangely, what we will find is that, therefore, across society, people will be very, very careful about how they criticize the blasphemy law. There's, there, there's, there's no criticism of it. There's, there's sort of guarded, uh, piecemeal, sort of insipid criticism, such as, you know, I heard some government government minister say something along the lines of, you know, these miscreants must be punished because they are bringing a bad name to Islam and, you know, um, essentially criticizing these people for not being Muslim, um, but not really addressing the issue, which is let's just talk about what this law is all about and let's just talk about what's wrong with this law. What What, what we discussed about half an hour ago, I mean, a law which says that you know, if you if you so much as dream of criticizing the prophet, you know, wake up and commit harakiri because it was such a bad thing that you did. That's essentially what you know the law brings you to. So, so when CNN and BBC called me, I was I was I was kind of annoyed with the fact that no one is saying it. God damn it! I mean, no one is saying it. In in the in Pakistan, no one is saying it. On on foreign media, no one understands it. Like the average person on CNN and BBC, of course, you tell them blasphemy, they understand that you know blasphemy is a bad thing, and therefore we must oppose it. But no one really knows why. I mean, blasphemy law. They, is, they, yeah, yeah, blasphemy law is terrible. We must oppose the blasphemy law, and and there's an element of just sort of jumping on the right side of the argument for the sake of it. But but there's no there's no conversation about a what the blasphemy law is and 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 b uh, what exactly is wrong with it uh, so there's there's a self censorship in pakistan for obvious reasons and there's an ignorance about it uh, around the world so so i think like for- why, why do you think there's a hesitation because i mean in the western world people are familiar with blasphemy laws i mean they've had them I guess many sort of younger people who haven't studied history, or even older people who haven't studied yeah. history, wouldn't know about it. But the um, but why why do you think there is a, a sort of hesitation to talk about blasphemy laws, especially when it comes to Islam? So out in the Western world, yeah. No, no, I don't. There, there isn't a hesitation. There's just uh, you know, they just take a you know ninety thousand foot view of the situation and just say it's bad. But yeah, but, yeah. but no one talks about why it's bad. Mm. You know, you know, it's 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 ba- It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't so vague. It's it's actually it's. A, let's be honest. It's a ridiculous law. Because because any law which is which is which is which is which is punishing you with death 
should at least extend the bloody courtesy of telling you what the crime was. Wouldn't it be still bad even <laughs> if it was specific? Even if Sorry? It, wouldn't it still be absolutely horrible even if it was like specific even if it was no, no, it, it, yeah. but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as dysfunctional as it is i mean you wouldn't be able to apply it to any and every situation mm-hmm. for example you you may not you know possibly be accused of blasphemy if you've done something as ridiculous as throw a business card into a bin mm-hmm. i mean this one retailer was accused of blasphemy because he wrote the name of the prophet muhammad in you know not the prime place in a calendar so he didn't sort of li- write it up there in a calendar he wrote it in what? a significant yes <laughs> he wrote <laughs> but, it in a but, significant place in the calendar so that is blasphemy you did not you know it was an indirect imputation uh, this yeah, is going to bite uh, these, think- these people should, uh, this is going to bite them in their um, in their ass because they they're going to they're going to get like they're bringing the standards for for the uh, for what what's blasphemy so low that they're, they yeah. themselves are going to be in danger and if somebody doesn't like them they're going to at some point uh, like oh you you didn't say your salavat loud enough you must not like the prophet um, yeah. yeah yeah i mean this this, this is going to come back you know i don't know I, I, but but aren't, aren't we so just one thing Sean, based on you know what you're saying uh, but Aren't aren't we? What we're doing is we're talking about these other cases of blasphemy. Um, yeah, isn't this conversation that we're having about this guy throwing the card in the garbage and so on? Isn't this a little bit more about uh, the fact that this may not be blasphemy, rather than what if it was blasphemy? Right? Should it still be punished? Do you, you know no, what I no, mean? No, no, of course. I I I take the like, when we give those examples. Yeah, I, I, I take the maximalist viewpoint that, you know, in this day and age, in the 21st century, you really want a law that, that, that sort of prefers one belief system over another and, yeah. and, and is happy to kill people for criticizing a certain belief system. Um, can, we, can a society reasonably function with, with such a law? I, I, I say no, it can't. But, um, but is yeah. it possible to get rid of it? It seems to be so popular in Pakistan to even questioning of getting rid of it seems to be impossible. Like the government, like based on the ca- this uh, BB case, the government is even afraid of letting her leave the country. Like they're so intimidated by their own people. The judges yeah. that let her, that say that she shouldn't be executed are now, are now seem to be in danger of being killed. Yeah. The well, they're wajibul qatl as well. Yeah, the military officials are now being called out as maybe they're not Muslim. They're scared. They're, 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 yeah. I, I think the military is shitting in their pants. Yeah. So, so let's, so let's get into that. Ho- so, I mean, is there seems to be no hope. I mean, is Pakistan doomed? Is it just going to get worse and worse? No, but it's, it's, an, it's in, inherently an unsteady state. I mean, if you... If, okay. What... what, what Let's just look at what happens when a blasphemy charge is 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 laid, say in a marketplace. Okay, um, someone accuses someone of blasphemy in a marketplace. Uh, two or three things happen. First of all, it is a charge that 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 you know by design will 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 sort of inspire the the most um, the most. Um, outrageous emotions uh, in someone it will sort of inflame their sentiments mm. first so 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 that's one thing that happens the other thing that happens is that 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 it it sort of encourages a certain virtue signaling 
and 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 you know there are certain virtues that 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 someone signals by showing that they have uncontrollable rage if you show that you've got uncontrollable rage you're basically showing that you're a pious person uh, because this is seen as virtue uh, this is seen as a uh, uh, virtuous rage for the right reasons so so basically what what happens is and th- this is not people really losing their shit uh, this is people indulging in a in a virtue signaling competition which is yeah. that the more the more angry you can show or the more uncontrollable mm. you have become in your anger mm. the more you are signaling what a good person you are what a good muslim and the more you love your prophet yeah the more the more you love your prophet and and this is actually encouraged by religious leaders mm. right and and my 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 opinion is that there is there is a natural selection uh, there there's a darwinian imperative for this because nat- nat- natural selection has favored people who are willing to resort to violence to defend the tribe to defend you know it's it's part of an honor culture uh, nat- uh, natural selection has i mean these are male virtues these are very macho male virtues if you if you are willing to resort to extreme violence to defend your tribe then you're the kind of person that basically is 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 essentially going to uh you know see this generation forward but, well i it, the other thing other is places, on top of that but i don't know you, I mean, it seems like most other places have matured above these biological needs and uh, it seems like pakistan yeah, and a few of course, other places that's, have, that's rule of law but 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 yeah. then if you you know if you if you take these three these three reasons why a mob occurs number one genuine rage at a religious affront number two virtue signaling and number three genuine sort of the display of male honor the display of male martial virtues whatever you know whichever reason is more than the other the fact is that it's very easy to get a mob together which is happy to tear someone to smithereens right now uh, well, uh, one other thing is, about the Uh, no, I was going to yeah. say one one other thing about the virtue signaling that's very important is that you know not only do you, do you scream louder to, to to say that you love your prophet, but the people who are not trying to scream louder oh, yeah, can yeah, be yeah. charged with blasphemy <laughs> themselves, <laughs> right? So that's this is where it's a vicious, yeah. yeah, it's a really vicious cycle. That's a very important component of it. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so you were saying, but, but, but just to point out, I've seen videos of people like crying about this whole case. about yeah. their profits like actually grown men crying and being so desperate for why the justice is not being served uh why is this woman not being killed uh i can i can bet i can bet they knew that the camera was rolling yeah. when the, mm-hmm. you know when they were crying yeah, probably right. yeah but uh, but get so get back to you were saying so you so you're like these three factors and it's very easy to get a mob together yeah so, so basically what, what what it does is that that it 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 puts together a mob that that wants to tear your opponent whether it's someone you have a financial economic business commercial dispute with or someone you don't like uh you've mm-hmm. got a mob which wants to tear him to smithereens now now that yeah. is raw 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 power it's raw unchecked power obviously mm-hmm. it will occur in a society where 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 the rule of law is weak I have no doubt that people in in England will behave the same way if the law did not prevent people from 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 getting going to that primal place it's mm. it's it's a it's a it's a human 
it's it's a human primal place that people will go to if but but you have the law in civilized countries in pakistan you have a weak state so the, eventually what it boils down to is that the person making the accusation has raw unchecked power and if there's anything we know about 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 human nature where there is raw unchecked power raw unchecked power will be abused i think so, it's more than just raw unchecked power i think there is a very powerful meme uh, which which is islam that is also in feeding into it and encouraging it i think people are better than that on average <laughs> I think I I I I think people are mo- um on average are more sympathetic or more kind or more willing to cooperate um I think it's the it's a it's a meme like Islam which might take advantage of our greatest fears and desires uh, and make us do things that are not in our best interest No but 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 you know sure but that 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 basic okay what well, what what you've got is a very Rousseau view and 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 you know that man is essentially good i get that but then a certain breakdown of things can can bring people to a a a a primal place where you know violence is catharsis what was world war 1 uh or what what were nazi concentration camps i mean the average german is not different his dna is different from the average uh, swede or the average uh, yeah it was as another meme it was nazism it was another powerful meme that took advantage of people's fears and desires it wasn't just the people it was it needs it is it's it's a sickness it's a it's a virus that it either comes in a form of religion or comes in a form of um nazism or other other forms that you know take you know that makes us do things that are not in our best interest it's not just it's not just a uh, human nature it's something you know it's, it's something like human nature which is me- it's a separate evolution beyond our evolution which is the evolution of memes and their their survival yeah 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 but but the, the memes are using human beings uh to in order to replicate themselves and survive the basically the you know the, the way that richard dawkins originally coined the word meme that was uh, this is a classical definition of it the connotation that we were using so or oh, oh, um, or oh, oh, before before the word meme came around i mean there's there's you know standard virus the the taxoplasma parasite you know what that is oh taxoplasma gondii yeah i know yeah, yeah 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 so this is religious taxoplasma <laughs> I like the blasphemy law is religious taxoplasma that's yeah, that's it, 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 it is it makes, it makes a, a a mouse into a basically a deranged mouse it, it's basically like a you know the, what they say the vir like what well, avijit roy and uh, you know we had rehan abir on where they were talking about the virus of faith these are bangladeshi bloggers so in a way the toxoplasma is a is a is a parasite so that's weird so so let's get to i i wanted to actually talk about um you know you're talking about the mob getting together how easy it is to get the them mob. together yeah so Usually what happens in these kinds of situations is that in a in a functioning state you know you have some sort of um the government has some role in ensuring that rule of law is implemented now and what do you think of this the new government of Imran Khan now you know in in the past the, for those who don't know the history of Pakistan has been um generally in the most recent decades it's been these two families uh the the puttos like benazir putto has been prime minister and then yeah. you had nawaz sharif and they kept on alternating um their governments kept on getting dissolved there wasn't really uh, a really 
a peaceful civilian transfer of power between two democratic governments until very, very recently. Uh, and uh, just in, intermittently, the army has come in and they've taken over. So the army actually has more supreme power than any civilian government. Now, Imran Khan is the first time that you've had a prime minister who is not part of any of these systems. Let, let people know the, that he's family. been recent. He's been recent, recent primaries for people that. Yeah, he's know. been recently elected. Uh, he was a, a a cricket star. He was a national celebrity, sports celebrity. Uh, he is uh, not part of the Sharif family. He's not part of the Bhutto family, uh, and he uh, is not part of the of the army. Now, uh, he was accused of a lot of things, and I think justifiably so. Uh, sort of appeasing the fundamentalists, you know, wanting to negotiate with the Taliban uh, yeah. when the Taliban were committing a lot of atrocities in Baksa. There, there, were, there were a lot of problematic things about him. Now he has come up and he has uh, initially overseen this process of uh, the Supreme Court, as when the Supreme Court acquitted Asia Bibi. And then after she was acquitted, uh, he has defended the Supreme Court justices from, you know, these these pronouncements of the the Tariq al-Abek, the, the Islamic fundamentalist group that want the Supreme Court justices to be killed. He got a lot of praise for that speech. Uh, but then within a day or so, he ended up uh, also negotiating with them, uh, with the uh, Islamic fundamentalists uh, to uh, ensure or to give them assurances that, you know, Asya Bibi will not leave the country or that, you know, they will continue to try other aspects of the case and so on. So, yeah. so there has been, uh, and and some people say that are very disappointed in it. Some people think he's stalling and he's uh, uh, trying to find some time in order for the process to. Uh, I I'll stop now and I'll let you answer. Where do you think this is going? What do you think about this? Uh, the the new government. Do you think that this has been good? Uh, do you think those accusations of him appeasing the fundamentalists were, were well founded? Uh, you know, what's your overall take on it? Well, it was disappointing uh, because because mm-hmm. you know it, it could have been sort of mi- misfounded optimism, but one sort of hoped that Imran would be less um, uh, sort of less expedient when it came to mm-hmm. dealing with the fundamentalists. When he's in power, if he actually believed it, you know, if he actually believed in the rule of law, he wouldn't give in like Nawaz Sharif did. But you know, essentially, there's been a complete bend over. Uh, the government has completely and absolutely appeased them. And you know, interestingly, there have been some 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 stories coming out of Pakistan after the appeasement. So just to tell everyone, I'll tell, I'll, I'll just say what the appeasement was. The appeasement was that that the the Tehreek Labek, which is the party that 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 champions the the, the blasphemy issue, uh, had a ridiculous demand. Their demand was that the verdict should be reversed. And that was never going to happen, right? Well, you can't do that. In a, you know, in a half-civilized state, you can't reverse a verdict and deliver a verdict to, to someone that's holding you on gunpoint. I mean, you might as well dissolve the courts then. What? Yeah, but you said in a civilized state. We're talking Pakistan. No, no, Pakistan, <laughs> Pakistan does have, no, no, pa- pa- Pakistan does have a very rigorous uh, legal system. Right. It's imperfect, it's flawed, army. but it's... And a, powerful, and a powerful army, yeah. Powerful secular army? No, um, yes, yes. To yeah. all intents and purposes, it's a secular army, which right. of course has a lot of religious leanings, but the functioning of the army is a secular army. 
Yeah. So, 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 so the thing is that that you know one 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 sort of hoped that Imran Khan would take a, a a firmer stance with them, but he buckled over completely, and and his apologists say that oh well you know he buckled over to appease them. And eventually, he's going to let Asia Bibi go. Yes, he is. But what was up for grabs is not Asia Bibi. What was up for grabs is the narrative. Now, in Pakistan, the narrative that 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 pervades throughout the country on mainstream media is that Asia Bibi is a blasphemer, and she blasphemed, and 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 you know it's terrible that they've sort of let her go. But the counter narrative, which is that she was tried under a court of law and found to be innocent on the basis of all evidence right that narrative has 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 not been put forth by the government and that's a very important narrative and that is the only hope we have of of defeating this kind of madness is to put the counter story forward and over there the government has run from the field so after doing that after they've done that when i hear that oh by the way you know you know what they are actually making arrests they've arrested 5000 people and you know oh and by the way after after you know saying to the tehreek-e labek that yes yes we'll retry asia wink wink they actually let her go i'm sorry that's not good enough for me mm. you surrendered the narrative completely to them and like a chicken shit mouse sort of quietly let her go into the night as opposed to take on the narrative and say no guys i'm sorry but she was there was no evidence and when there's no evidence Tough luck. Go home. But wouldn't that be? A, wouldn't that be inviting? Uh, I'm trying to be a devil's advocate here. Like, wouldn't that be inviting? Wouldn't maybe like a political suicide? Wouldn't that get all the Muslims, fundamentalists, and everybody that? What, what's that? Imam Imam Rizvi. Is that his name? Uh, Hadam Rizvi. Hadam yeah, Rizvi. I am ashamed <laughs> that I share a name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, he's no. a guy that, like, I saw a video of him telling people that the judges should be killed. The, their cooks should, the, these judges, their cooks should, cooks should kill them, or their drivers should kill them. Uh, Emran yeah. Khan proved to be a, a, a child of a Jew, but based on this, um, and also the previous judge that um, sentenced uh, the murderer of your father uh, to yeah. death. He, that judge, should also be killed, and the Oma. the muslim community showed weakness not killing him to uh, you know that judge uh, so he's putting and and he's how come he's this guy is saying these things about the prime minister about the military a lot of the military people he wants them to be killed so how come he can say this and he's he's still free right wouldn't this wouldn't in any other country something so, this imam be arrested as a terrorist Or, as e- even that- in this country even in this country if it was anybody but an islamic a uh, sort of uh, preacher islamic sort of ideologue or right for saying these things thing is, you would if be it was supposing disappeared by now just the opposition party a, a, right. sub, uh, someone from the opposition party if they said that the 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 judges or the army chiefs are are wajib qatl or are mandatory to kill like yep. it would just not who would be negotiating with them so, who would be so, trying to so, strike a deal with them so we, for us sitting here it might be easy to say like oh why are these people are not arrested but it, like i'm just trying to play devil's advocate if we were sitting in their shoes some our advisors might be telling us look if you do this you're basically going to start civil war in pakistan between the islamists and the and the government uh what would you say to that yeah but 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 you know between between civil war 
and complete capitulation, surely there's a middle ground somewhere. I mean, I'm yeah. not advocating civil war, but but that doesn't mean you know complete and absolute bend over capitulation mm-hmm. is okay but, as well. Because because hey, look look at how much ground we've lost as a country. Uh, five years ago, the major demand of these very same groups was when my father was murdered. At the time, the demand was do not amend the blasphemy law. It's God's law. Don't you dare amend it. That was their demand, right? And, okay, what's their demand today? No one's even amending the blasphemy law because this lady, Asia, was tried under the blasphemy law, section 295 B and C. And under that law, she was found innocent. So what's yeah. their demand now? That, that, that do, not, do not acquit anyone who's accused of this law. Do not let the courts of Pakistan try this law, right. uh, adjudicate on this law. Uh, give these religious groups oh, the right no. to adjudicate on this law, i.e. a judicial coup. Oh no. So 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 by by giving them by essentially by capitulating to them do you see how much over time space we lose we go further and further and further back. So I'm not I'm I'm not saying gun them down with you know AK47s. Maybe you but should. there has to be a plan. <laughs> Our men out. We're talking about we're talking it's about terrorists. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about ordinary Muslims. We're talking about terrorists, aren't we? Yeah, uh, you're you're doing them a favor, uh, sending them to heaven. No, no, but but, but the point is, it's, it's like like I don't know. Well, let's give them the gift. Take them on. No, no, I'm just asking. I don't know. So, sorry, go, go ahead, Sean. How to punish a masochist? What? I, I, I know. It's uh, that's right. Like you know, they're. These are people, you know, you say that, you know, they they look down the barrel of a gun and they see paradise. Well, you know, on one hand, you could give it to them on the other. Well, you, you, you can't do anything. But, okay, so let me frame, you know, but, what we're but, talking okay, about. But is that, is that, is that too extreme to say? Is it, isn't it like in a country, if if there's a group of people, I'm not, I'm not like masses of people, right? But if there's a, isn't this an... A declaration of war. If somebody comes and says, "Like, hey, we should kill the prime minister and the and the head of the armies," wouldn't in any like wouldn't this yeah. be and wouldn't they go attack this? Like, like am I saying something? And, so and for the audience, I, I just want to say that this is actually quite real. And and uh, you know this. You know when you said that their Khadim Rizvi is telling the cooks and drivers of these yeah. judges to kill, kill them, them. Kill them. That's what happened to your dad. I mean his. Yeah. His own bodyguard was the was the one who who ended up killing him. So, should but it, should let, it, let me. Yeah, go on, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, sorry, Armin. I just don't want. I just don't want to come an anti-humanist here. I'm just wondering, uh, wouldn't this already be a declaration of war? Wouldn't you at least go attack these groups? Um, not not their followers, obviously, because their followers are just brainwashed sheep. But wouldn't you at least go find the leaders and just arrest them? I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm very much for freedom and letting people uh, express their views, no matter how barbaric and and disgusting they are. But then, when somebody actually declares, uh, um, advocates like an act of violence or declares war on you, then a rebellion. A rebellion. Wouldn't wouldn't any Sedition. government go and arrest them? Yeah. Or at least attack them. Or well, something? well, my my view is that look, this this goes to the heart of a very basic problem uh, in the Muslim world. In most modern states, uh, in the in the Muslim world, there's 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 a contradiction. I mean, we've got modern states, but there is a consciousness that has not sort of come to that level. Now, there are two 
rival competing uh, um, worldviews. So there's a battle battle of ideas in Pakistan and, and 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 in much the rest of the Muslim world of how how people in Pakistan see themselves. Um, on the one hand, uh, they see themselves as part of the army of God. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there are people who see themselves as citizens of a nation state. There are also a lot of overlaps between that because there's a lot of cognitive dissonance. So people see themselves as the army of God and part of um, um, part of a nation state. So what is the army of God hypothesis? Typical army of, of God hypothesis is Pakistan was made for Islam. Our duty is to impose Sharia law. Democracy and constitution are Western liberal uh, impositions. It's the puppets of the West that wants to give us uh, democracy. We actually believe in uh, Sharia law. And, and basically what they want to do is redefine the social contract that citizens have with the state because they do not see themselves as part of a nation state. So, so it's when you, when, you, when you think like that, that you make outlandish, ridiculous things like, um, uh, you know, if, 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 um, if the judiciary has, has passed a verdict that does not sort of suit your, your, your religious belief system, behead them. Um, now, 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 interestingly, sort of what these people are also doing and the reason why they are very powerful is it's easy for us to dismiss them because they, 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 they score very poorly on the electoral rolls, they get 5 to 10% of the votes at best. So we tend to falsely dismiss them. But where they are overwhelmingly more powerful is cultural domination. <laughs> they, they culturally dominate much more than their numbers. How? Um, well, first of all, like, like I said, number one, the unchecked power of the blasphemy law, the unchecked power of the religious mandate, um, the, 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 the sort of bid for cultural domination they have in our society where we had a kite flying function called kite flying festival called Basant. They put an end to that saying that this is a non-Islamic thing. Valentine's Day is often celebrated in a small section of society, admitted, uh, ad, uh, ad, admittedly. Um, but they put an end to that saying that is un-Islamic. Un, un uh, there was, there was a, there was a, um, a, a peace concert at a certain elite school in, in, in Pakistan last year where they were going to sing John Lennon's song, Imagine for Peace. And, and that came out on social media and they put an end to that saying, you know, Imagine is, is an atheist song. The interaction between yeah. genders in universities, whether you can have a marathon in a country or not, um, uh, it bleeds into everything. What, what, what women can wear on TV, what is permissible, what is not. Their control over, over this space is far, far more than their, than their electoral strength. And why is it so much more? Because they, they have, they have demonstrated that they will kill you if you don't, dis- if you don't agree with them. That usually helps. That, that, well, I mean, that, this is kind of what we're getting to, I and mean, that's how, how religion survived. I mean, when, when you have something that's fundamentally irrational and, and goes on uh, the premise of loyalty or goes on the premise of faith rather than, uh, you know, reason or democracy, then, then it necessarily has to have something like a blasphemy law or, or its equivalent. But let's, let's say that, you know, right now you have this situation where Asya Bibi is acquitted, 
uh, you know, all of these mobs came out into the streets. Uh, they're calling for the deaths of these Supreme Court judges. Uh, they're burning, you know, all along the motorway, the, hi- the highway over there. They're, they're, they're burning vehicles. They're burning tires. They're going around and, and fighting with people. People are dying. Uh, schools are closed. Private schools are closed. Colleges are closed. Everybody, the, the whole place is at a standstill because of these guys who, again, as you said, don't necessarily have electoral strength, but they have the, the ability to essentially paralyze an entire nation. They've got so, force multipliers. Yeah, they, they do. They do. So, so what do, what would, what should, or what are the options that an Imran Khan has um, in a situation like that? What, what, what is something that he potentially could have done uh, aside from, you know, striking this deal? And by the way, I don't, I'm not defending Imran Khan or the deal. Just You know, I, I think the most important thing he could have done is not lost the narrative. Someone should be there to say that, listen, the question of whether Asia is, is innocent or guilty is settled. FYI. Someone yeah. needed to be saying that. I mean, they, they shut down all, all media from talking about it, which is, which is basically running from the hills. Running from yes, the I was going to the, I went to the news website, the news.com.pk website. Nothing on the story the entire time it was happening. I mean, it, it, it yeah. got shut. That, that was uh, incredible. It's sort of like how Fox News never covers any of the Trump scandals uh, at, at worst, actually. So they actually, the government actually shut down the press. They, they, they said don't talk about it, right? But at the same time, you've got the other side talking about it on certain shows where you've got this, this, this bearded Molana sort of who turns up and sort of comes in sort of referring to Asia as Asia Maluna, which is Asia the Blasphemer. So Asia the Blasphemer said this, and Asia the Blasphemer said that, and he's actually presuming to, to give a legal argument. And that is the only legal dialogue that, 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 that mainstream Pakistan had. Now, now, the thing is that, that for Imran Khan, for, for the government, that is the surrender. I mean, I don't, I don't care what deals you sign. I don't yeah. care whether, you know, okay, fine, the damaged property, property can be repaired. But this narrative that you lost will never be recovered. Now, in the public consciousness, um, the, 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 the narrative that has been said is that Asia was a blasphemer and the evil government has, has, has freed her. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I guess I'm thinking. Okay, okay. So um, that, that's fair enough. Now, moving on, what what do you think is uh, you know when they did this, they struck this deal and they said that Asia uh, will not be put on the or at least they won't they won't oppose any attempts of anybody to try and put Asia on the exit control list. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. So so they did this um, so to prevent her from leaving the country, even though she's completely acquitted. She's innocent. By the highest the court. in the country, she's been acquitted. Yeah. She has been acquitted, but at the same time, for some reason, for uh, no basis at all now, they're saying that uh, they want her on the exit control list, and the government's saying, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll, we'll consider that. But so you have this, and, and you also mentioned earlier on that Asia's, you know, she's out, it takes a while to get a passport, it takes a while to get out of the country, and so on. Is it possible that they did this to buy time and uh, keep the country peaceful? Before? Yeah, sure, of course they did. Um, but at the cost of what? 
Well, I mean, the cost of the idea that, okay, this is temporary now, but eventually the, uh, uh, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but the laugh will be on them, right? Because uh, she's going to leave the country, someone's going to find out, or she's up in Canada, she's in the Netherlands, wherever she is, and then uh, these guys, they won't know what happened because they thought that they'd... No, but like, like what, what were your objectives as a government? If your objective was to get Asia out quietly... Then, then you know, you didn't have to get into this negotiation process. You could have just gotten Asia out. But if your objective was to 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 win the mind space, this was a battle for mind space, frankly. Yeah. To, to, to Actually, yeah, the government could get a passport made for her overnight, essentially. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, that 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 the the you know the the militants, not the militants, the Tariq Lebec couldn't have done anything. They are not as strong as the state. She's under she's under state protection. Um, so basically what was up for grabs was, was, was the narrative, whether, you know, the rules of the game, can you do this with, with, with a, with a court verdict you don't like, can you bring the country to a standstill, claim that it's against Islam and based on that demand a retrial at the barrel of a gun is, is that fair play or not? Yeah. So they've established that it's okay. So it's absolute surrender, no different from no different from the previous government, which actually paid off uh, the same groups um, when they were um, when they were um, when where, where, when they did something similar a year ago. What, what would happen if they um, if she leaves? Uh, one, I mean, first of all, are you optimistic that she's going to leave? Oh, she's going to leave 100%, yeah. 100%. And what, yeah, that's what I mean. And what, and what will happen? Uh, like, are there going to be riots again in the streets? Is it, these people are going to lose their minds? Uh, no, they won't, because, because I think they played their hand. You need a lot of political capital to get people out on the street. Mm. And you can do it once. Um, and then you can do it again a year later. You right. can't sort of three days later say, okay, all right, chaps, <laughs> you know, back to go. Because even the people out on the street have some lives. They've got some. <laughs> and, and, doesn't look like it, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you, you, you brought them to the point of primal rage and then said, okay, go home, then you can't bring them out a few days again. So, there, yeah, there'll be some demonstrations here and there, but you won't see the, the whole country set on fire. So, so basically, Ali is, Ali is right that, that, that the government sort of managed to quell a situation. But is, is that the best they were aiming for? To quell a situation that essentially it means that the Tariq Lebec remains in charge because they created the situation. They, they control the narrative. The best that the government could, could do is, is deflate that, that anger and that violence. Yeah. And, and if that's the best that we can expect of the state, I'm sorry, that's, no, that's, that's not good enough. That's they, just not good enough. And now they feel emboldened, you know, that they could demand such things, that they can get away with saying stuff like, making threats against the most powerful forces in the government and they're still free so i think that's going to encourage them to go do, do, to do the same you know yeah look, look like they prove their authority look here, here's the thing asia has been declared found innocent hmm. and asia has left the country but the victory is for the tehrik lebec they have gained space hmm. and the consciousness they have won right um, I mean, so so um, based on this, they might actually allow 
gain a lot more uh, followers based on because a lot of a lot of Muslims like the strong people, you know, the strong the, whoever has the highest authority or the highest power. And seeing a leader like this manage to get away with so much might encourage a lot more support for him. No? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a look. I mean, it's not just Muslims. I mean, there's a current of nihilism. Um, across the world, I mean, you you see this in 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 Myanmar, uh, you see this in the United States. Uh, right wing leaders are coming to power all over Europe, um, India, India especially the rise of the BJP. So so there there's a worldwide sweep towards nihilism, uh, which is which is rebelling essentially against an existing political structure, and and. In Pakistan specifically, you add to that a tremendous amount of disenfranch disenfranchisement, lack of opportunities, and most importantly, the marketplace of ideas is absolutely empty. There are no progressive ideas out for grabs. So, so like I was saying, that so there are two. The war of ideas is is between the army of God at one hand. And to be a respectable citizen of the nation state. Now, what does that what does that give you to be a respectable citizen of the nation state? Are you a, are you really a stakeholder in the economic prosperity of the country? Not really. All economic prosperity over the last last twenty years has has only increased the divisions of wealth. Um, the average person probably has it harder today than he did ten or twenty years ago. Um, is there? What about the most important thing that that what what does it mean to be human? Thrill, excitement, purpose. Um, joining the army of God gives you much more than that, much more of that uh, than 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 sort of joining the nation state narrative. Right. So the sort of inclusive narrative that creating a nation state with law abiding citizens is taking a tremendous battering in Pakistan. Okay, but, so but, I, but I, I want to apologize to the people in the, uh, for my, uh, you know, I had to move because of a, a lot of the death threats that I'm getting and I don't know what's happening with my setting, but I, it seemed like I have a lot of audio issues. Yeah, I was just going to mention after, after Sean finished that there's there's an issue uh, the apologies for this audio thing because it seems okay. like you're very loud and saturated for a second and then it uh, it it comes down so anyway um apologies so, for that i'll try to figure it out it's just a new environment we'll figure it out and it's yeah and i think it's picking out a lot of other sounds too but but anyway Sean, we have about uh, the time just whizzed past and, and let's you you should come on here and we should talk more and um also you know if you ever want to start a podcast i think you should i think it'll be actually <laughs> yeah yeah if i yeah. If, if i could just say hey, yes um i am i am going to start a podcast but also what i'm um, you know you guys know i'm out here in toronto uh, ali so are you um on the 15th i've um, i'm i'm holding an event at city hall uh, to essentially uh, do something which I think the world needs, which is, you know, we need to talk about the blasphemy law. And yeah. I hope that anyone listening in Toronto is going to be there. And, and, and most importantly, what I tell most people listening is that don't have anyone tell you that you can't talk about anything. Does, even if it's, even if it's, you know, 
on the back of a divine, the divine command theory. And even if you're an ardent believer, you still cannot be told by someone that you can't talk about something. And one thing that we've repeatedly been told that we can't talk about are blasphemy laws, specifically Pakistan's okay. blasphemy laws. And I really, really think that that these need to be spoken about. We really do need to speak about them. And we need to realize that we, you know, this is a, we live in a, in a, in a new world where everyone has a voice. Um, we, we, you know, being, being silent is a matter of your, of your personal choice. And, you know, shame on us if, if we don't enter the great dialogues of our time. So I think this is, this is a great time to take the issue of, of the blasphemy law and just talk about it. And most importantly, that, that if there are any opponents, um, to my view, as in proponents of the blasphemy law, I will respect your opinion completely if you will articulate it to me, but I will not be told that I can't talk about it. Because if that is the best way that you can win an argument, I'm sorry, but you have not won an argument that. So are, are, you, yeah, I, are you hopeful? Yeah, are, are, you, are you optimistic or pessimistic about Pakistan's future and, and blasphemy laws in Pakistan? Well, I'm 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 pessimistic in the short run. I'm optimistic in the medium run because because uh, you know the world is a global village. Pakistan is not an island unto itself, um, and 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 the kind of economic development going on in Pakistan is very closely now linked to other other regions, and this kind of madness, these mad, barbaric, black, inhumane, illogical, ridiculous. Uh, lunatic laws like 295C um, have to go if Pakistan has to become part of the sort of global community of civilized nations. There's no other choice for economic imperatives, for social imperatives, and for diplomatic in, in imperatives. This law has to go. Now, now, now the question is, how does it go? And most importantly, what part do we all play in seeing it out the door? Yeah, I, I think that's a very. I think that's very well said, and that's the question. Um, so I'm going to in about. Yeah, we have about twelve minutes. I wanted to get to some of the patron comments. There are a couple. Uh, people have really enjoyed and they have a lot of appreciation for you, Sean. There's uh, Azib Michael is saying that Sean is watchable cuddle. That's C U D D L E. So <laughs> you know, they clearly, they think well, that there, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Thank you. I'm touched. Um, yeah, I know. Cuddle right back. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Muskal is saying uh, Sean is a sort of person we need more of in society. Abdullah Samir has said uh, that you're an amazing guest. So um, really, thank you. I mean, it seems like the audience uh, that our audience who watches us has has really really appreciated what you've had to say over here. So uh, thank you for doing that. I I'm not seeing a whole lot of questions. I'm seeing a lot of comments. You know, people there, having there was a, there were a lot of questions above. Um, if you want to scroll all the way. Up. Yeah, but I I can't really go. Uh, for some reason, it's not letting me go up beyond. If you guys want to ask the questions again that we didn't answer, feel free to ask it now. Somebody is saying I can't imagine openly. Um, insulting Muhammad in Pakistan and staying alive is that that's pretty safe to say, right? Like if you if anybody is found out to openly insult Muhammad in Pakistan, that's basically a death sentence right there. Like, right? 
well, uh, put it like this. The accusation of doing so, even if there isn't a whiff of evidence that you've done so, is a death sentence. Yeah. So if someone actually does so well, I mean, you know, ramp it up 50 times over. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, I, I wanted to, I mean, there are people who have not, who have just been controversial and who have just discussed certain things and uh, that are not necessarily even religious, like Raza Rumi. I mean, Rashan, you know him, you know, I know him. Oh, yeah, very well. Yeah. So he is a, he was actually, there was an assassination attempt on him uh, where he was shot. And, and I think his, I, I, if I remember correctly, his driver was, was actually killed and yeah, he survived yeah. somehow. So, I mean, these are, these are people who are not, they're not overt atheists. They're not overt, uh, you know, at anything. <laughs> they're just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing out there. I mean, it's everything is very vague. You you just don't know what you'll get accused of, why you'll get accused. As as you said, that uh, nobody even knows what the crime is in, in a lot of these cases. Yeah, I mean, um, Raza is is probably the most curious case because he said nothing controversial. He 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 only spoke about a pluralistic society and uh, generally a tolerant society. And for someone like that to be targeted, this shows how 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 low the bar is in terms of in in, in terms of what can be said. Um, and and if you look at Malala Yousafzai. I mean, fourteen year old kid shot in the head for. Girls saying that you know girls should be able to go to school. Oh yeah, oh, you yeah. know. So I mean, the the bar is very very low. This is a tough thing. So, um, uh, how how do you think? I mean, I know this is all speculation, but uh, knowing your father, how do you think that uh, he would have felt right now and about about everything that's happened recently? The Oscar oh, movie? I mean, this is a vindication. Yet, well, I mean, a further vindication of of what he stood for, and 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 of his worldview, and 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 if you read the judgment of of the case that basically finds her innocent, they say exactly the same thing as what my father said. Right. So. So, so, so this is this is yet another vindication of 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 his stance, and I've said this before that if he was looking down, he he would be a happy man, and 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 I was asked when Mumtaz Kadri was hung, um, there was a lot of talk saying that you know justice has been done. Ah, at last justice had been done, and I said very clearly, justice had not has not been done. Um, yeah. This man is not my father's enemy. He's not my justice has not been done. Justice will be done when 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 Asia Bibi is is released. But even greater greater justice will be done when this horrible law is 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 repealed. Because let's not forget, Asia Bibi was a poster child of blasphemy. And as happy as we are uh, for her release, there are about 150 to 200 oh. other people in Pakistan right now on blasphemy charges, yeah. many of them underage children, some of them uh, mentally challenged, some of them physically challenged. Half of them are from the minority community. All of them are from the lowest, lowest rungs of society. The poorest of the poor, the weakest of the weak, farmhands, gutter cleaners, sewerage, and 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 floor sweepers, uh, petty fruit sellers, the the weakest sections of society have been targeted by this law. 
And and if nothing else I said uh, sort of convinces you, just the fact that there's a law that is systematically targeting the weakest of a society should tell you that that law is inherently unjust. And the only purpose, the, the only raison d'etre for a law is that it delivers justice in a society. If it has been demonstrably proved that, that, that a law sort of reduces the amount of justice and increases the injustice in a society, such a law is a non-law. It's an illegitimate law. It is not a law. It is, it is an ulcer on the law books and must be removed the sooner the better before that damn cancer spreads. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned this and I'm so ashamed that we didn't think about asking this ourselves. There are so many other people that are in jail right now for the same crime and not only we forgot to mention them and uh, I think once she's once Bibi is out of Pakistan, everybody's going to forget. Nobody, nobody talks about them, and nobody's yeah. gonna, and they're going to go completely ignored. I mean, this ca- case got a lot of attention, but they they are all going to be completely forgotten once. That'll be a crying over. shame if that happens. That will be a crying shame, and and that is why I'm starting my podcasts and I'm starting my talk tracks. That that you know uh, we we cannot. We cannot rest until this law is repealed, and we cannot think that 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 you know just because Asia is free, the suffering has ended. The suffering is continuing. Nabil Masi, a 16-year-old illiterate boy, a son of uh, a super, yeah. um, is is now um, incarcerated. Well, he's 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 charged with the blasphemy law. He's in jail, and do you know what his crime was? He liked an offensive or a supposedly offensive Facebook post. Liked it. That's all he did. He didn't author it. He didn't even. He didn't even author it. He liked it. And where can and that, people find this podcast of yours, by the way? Um, no, I, I, I've yet to start it. <laughs> okay, so where is there anywhere that people can follow you? So when you start it. They can, they can get my, 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 my Twitter and Facebook uh, social medias, uh, if you follow them, if you follow me on them now, um, um, I, I'm going to start podcasting. And most importantly, what I wanted to say to everyone is that, you know, we brought a lot about a lot of real change by highlighting cases of, of, of blasphemy or ca- cases of religious exploitation in Pakistan and, and, and raised a storm whereby a lot of pressure has been put on officials uh, to intervene. And and we have saved a lot of people that way. So, you know, the important thing is don't let anyone tell you that being active on social media is 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 not effective. That's a lie. Oh, yeah. Social media yeah. is very, very effective. It shames people into action, especially in Pakistan. The the most powerful sort of method of getting the government to act is to shame them. Uh, so the best thing you can do about these things is to is to is to join in, uh, blog about it, um, write about it. If nothing else, share it. If nothing else, like it. Right. Uh, join our petitions. Um, and so at uh, least the 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 back folks and all the Islamic fundamentalists are using it to great advantage too. So right. we oh, definitely yeah. do need to push back. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's uh, that's a that's a very that's a, that's a really important point. I mean. The, the 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 downfall of Mubarak, Hosni Mubarak, in, in Egypt was because of a social media event. Oh yeah. So I mean, these are they, these are extremely, especially in that part of the world. Um, it's it's 
very, very important. See, up till, up, till, up till 30 years ago, you had to be someone important to have a voice. Not yeah. 30, even five years, yeah. 10 years ago. Everyone has a voice today. It's your yeah. choice whether you use it or not. Um, so actually, somebody in the live chat did ask how, uh, how can we stop the radicalization of uh, young people in Pakistan? And I think reaching them through social media and podcasts, that's, that's basically the way. I mean, well, I say, I, I say, look, you've got, um, you know, we, we have people at the front lines who are fighting this war. Which is which? Which is people of the Christian community. We have lawyers who are who are defending the likes p- people like Nabil. We've got the victims of the blasphemy law who are fighting for their lives. Uh, support them. Uh, support them financially. Support them in terms of advocacy. Uh, stand up for them and vis- visibly stand up for them. Don't be ashamed of it. Get your loved ones to stand up for them. Even if it's, you know, uh, when someone gets accused of blasphemy in Pakistan, their family goes hungry because their source of income dries up. So not only is Nabil Masih in jail, but his family is starving because they can't, you know, his father can't go to his job anymore. I mean, the bl- family of a blasphemer is also seen as a blasphemer. If nothing else, donate $1 a month directly to go into the pocket of that family and and actually do something about the problem directly by supporting the people who are at the front lines, the people who are fighting this war for you. I, I always, uh, yeah, I, I, I always uh, bring up this whenever people say, well, you know, why do you do what you do? And I, I think that this applies to all of us. And this, to borrow some social justice lingo is to check your privilege in the sense that I am very, very privileged. I have, you know, we have Armin and I both have friends uh, like, you know, like Raif Badawi. Um, yeah. who, he's in jail. He's been flogged. He's been fined. He's been separated uh, from his children for six years for doing exactly what we are able to do here now. And yes. when we do it, we get book deals. Uh, and when, when he did it, he gets uh, he gets jailed and he gets flogged. So as long as situation, or in, in Bangladesh, you know, people get hacked to death on the street, yeah. uh, or Mashal Khan gets lynched on a university campus, or you know, in the case of your father, he got murdered. So this is something that, uh, for me, it's, it's almost a, a moral obligation to speak on having come from there and having uh, been through this and having s- people who are so close to me in a sense um, seeing them go through these things I, I feel that it would almost be criminal if I if I didn't with all of this privilege and, and being able to to do this if I, if but, I didn't you know here's the thing Ali you're not a drop in the ocean oh yeah yeah you, you know you 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 can you can bring about very very real change in people's lives and, 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 and you can sort of like reverse situations if, if people jump in now. I mean, that's, that's the power of social media. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. So two, uh, two more questions. Uh, first, people want to know what your Twitter handle is. Second, somebody's asking what do you think is going to happen after this blasphemy, right after this blasphemy case? Um, another question, Ali isn't, uh, otherwise, army would have moved. Uh, um, I don't know what that question is. Yeah, just those two questions. Okay, so guys, my Twitter handle is my name, Sean Tasir, S-H-A-A-N-T-A-S-E-E-R. I think there's only one of me. Um, and and the same on Facebook. Uh, the other thing is, what's going to happen after this blasphemy case? Look, this blasphemy case is over. Now, it's just a matter of logistics when Asya uh, leaves the country. But uh, we have to now... 
we have to champion a new blasphemy cause. We have to save someone else from the gallows. Mm. There is Junaid Hafiz, professor of a university in um, um, in 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 central sort of Punjab, whose crime is essentially having a conversation over evolution and questioning yeah. some dogmas. That's it. That's that's his crime. We we it's. The only reason the Asia BB case was heard is because it's prominent. Um, no one knows what? about Junaid Hafiz. We Why have to make a noise around the world about Junaid Hafiz. Why did yeah. that one get prominent? Because of my father. Because oh. yeah, yeah, because of what happened there. So, and and uh, I mean, this just goes to show, show what happens when you speak out because of it. But yeah, you're right. You know, at, at one point, you know, you I think when Muntaz uh, Gadi was hung. Uh, when he was executed, people said it was justice served, and you said no, it won't be served until Asia is free. And I guess now we're at the point that yes, it, it won't really fully be served until the law goes right, yeah. and then all the Janetha visas and the Nabils and, and all of these other people are also, um, you know, they they also are, are acquitted in the same. But kind of but way. but but I think what we have to realize is that that this kind of ridiculous law is not just an affront to any conscionable Pakistani. It's 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 an affront to any conscionable citizen of the world. Just like apartheid wasn't an, an internal affair for South Africa in the 1980s. You know, if you're a citizen of the world in the 1980s, well, shame on you if you didn't if you didn't disagree. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's it's absolutely global. Yeah, this is something that that should be concerning to everybody. This has to go around the world. People have to hear about the blasphemy laws, what it's doing, and 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 the fact that it's it's an absolute affront to humanity. Yeah. Here's yeah. another good question: How do we shut down the radicalizing madrasas? And um, I'm going to add my question, uh, question on top of that. Is Saudi Arabia still funding these madrasas? I mean, oh, yeah. okay. So, so, uh, so if oil money is also screwing over Pakistan, like, so if we, if, if Saudi Arabia, uh, revenues, uh, oil revenue and all the other revenue falls, this also helps Pakistan, uh, you know, move past it. Like, at least it will stop the funding for madrasas, right? In Pakistan, right? Wouldn't it? Well, you know, like the, the utopia is never going to arrive where all of Pakistan's problem, problems will be solved. Even if this problem is never solved, um, the, the, the issue of madrasas are solved to a global geopolitical issue. Saudi oil money, uh, the prominent position of Saudi Arabia in, in, in the world. And of course, their, their sort of lunatic bent towards Wahhabism and their desire to sort of like spread ultra orthodox Islam. These issues may not be solved in our lifetime. But my question is, I'm not even going there. Can we save a life? Can we save Junaid Hafiz's life? I'm, I'm, I'm only asking for that. One Just give yeah. me that. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to get rid of madrasas? You're aiming high. Can we save one life? Right. Another, that's a very good point because a lot of people want an all or none game like oh like oh, if we do this there's still good Pakistan is still going to be like this there's still going to be people there yeah but this is not about fixing everything if you save one life it makes everything worth it you save you might not, not have fixed the whole planet but for that one person you gave them 
That's a, it means a world to them, yeah. It means a, that's a whole world for that one person, right? That's no, not just that one person. Millions today are celebrating because of Asya. I mean, yeah. she has brought joy and happiness to millions. Mm. And, and she's going to become an icon. And, and, and you know, that, that her victory is a symbolic victory against dogma. Right. And, and she will be remembered in this, in this century. Like Malala is not about one girl. Mukhtar Amai is not about one girl. But, but, but one person who pushes back is, is sort of the, the effect psychologically is amplified across millions. So I would say that my father saved Asia Bibi. By, 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 by highlighting her case, we will do his memory the greatest service by saving someone else. Yeah. And how will we do that is, is really raising this issue, embarrassing the government into, into listening to cases. Mm -hmm. uh, Grant is saying thank you for your courage, Sean, love from Canada. Um, uh, there was another person that mentioned if you could list all the people in prison. Oh, Steve is saying, can you list the names of those convicted in prison for blasphemy in a YouTube video? Maybe in one of your podcasts. You Yeah, yeah, yeah you can um, do that. Yeah. And also, Muskel is asking, how can we in the West help regarding blasphemy laws? Oh, yeah. Very simple. Very, very simple. I'm, 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 I'm going to give you like four or five things you can do. Okay. Um, the Pakistan is very, very susceptible to foreign pressure. Mm -hmm. If you write about it, if you can blog, and, and I don't mean blog in the New York Times, if you can blog anywhere, because remember, this is, this is the age of social media. Uh, if, you, if you raise the issue with your, with, with your member of parliament mm. and, and take a letter to them, you take a letter to your member of parliament and you explain this huge human rights injustice, which is an affront to humanity. It's taking place in your world while you're alive. That's enough to insult you. I don't care about borders. doesn't matter which country it's happening in. You can take this case to your member of parliament and force them to bring it up in 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 the assembly. Um, if, yeah. if or in the U.S., your your senator, your your representative. If twenty people do that, then then the name of Nabil Masi or Junaid Hafiz will be spoken about, and the government of Pakistan is extremely extremely susceptible to um to 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 foreign pressure the other thing is if you write to the pakistan council general and and ask him to deliver this message to the prime minister of pakistan that hey what are you doing this is going on how can this happen on your watch uh not only do it but take a photograph of when you do it and and take 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 that letter take a photograph of it upload upload it on social media tag all the right people don't do something quietly in silence do it loudly and proudly do it so that everyone can see it tell 20 other people to do it make it a challenge say that can you take the junaid hafiz challenge i did this i wrote a letter i contacted my mp are you going to do the same if 20 people follow you it's going to become something it's going to become a story that someone will pick up if not a major newspaper regional paper will pick it up it will galvanize it will become something that people start talking about and that is when change starts and right. we have the social media world that we live in. These are the advantages we have. We should take advantage of them. Actually, I'm going to make that even uh, more powerful. If you do that, and if you tag me or Ali in a tweet that you with the picture like that, then I'll I'll retweet it on on Atheist Republic, yep. which we have a lot of followers. I'll post I'll post those pictures. If you if you write a if you write something to your Congress uh, or your member of Parliament, will uh, send send it to us on Twitter. Uh, tag us. I'll I'll post uh, I'll post that on our Facebook page. It has two million followers there. 
uh, you know, download it and post it there. So yeah, so it doesn't matter if you have small uh, small number of followers. We'll try to amplify your voice if you do that. Yeah. Thank you, Armin. We are all in this thank together. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, you've got to come back because I yeah, really, awesome. I mean, two hours went by. This was a blast. So, um, and uh, just yeah, and and good luck with the podcast, the event for everybody. Uh, it's, and it's let on us the know when the podcast is uh, up, so we could promote it to our audience as well. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys. I will do so certainly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really good, and yeah, stay safe. Keep doing those interviews. Keep speaking out, and you know, obviously, we'll see each other soon. So. All right, I'm going to start yeah. streaming just one second. Thank you, everybody. Stay in there, the yeah. London, Fidel, Tony, you guys, um, uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, Southern, Southern California, Mars, uh, Beach, uh, Mike, um, everybody, Muscal, uh, Soraya, everybody else. Uh, love you guys, and thank you so much for your questions. Sorry about the audio issues. I'll, figure, I'll make sure I'll figure it out for next episode. Live long and prosper from Mike. Um, uh, just saying thank you Sean Ali and Armin uh, yeah thank you bye the secular jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA that's what we have been told but we haven't received our checks yet if you like what we do please support us share the podcast with your friends write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video have your questions read and answered on the air, and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.